Welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series Podcast. Each week, we'll learn from leaders who are driving change and making an impact. Now here's your host, the CEO of the Youngstown Publishing Company, Jeff Leo Herman. Well, we are here today with Dennis Schiraldi. He is a longtime great, great friend of the Business Journal. Dennis, thanks for joining us on the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Podcast. Absolutely, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, you're, you're a prolific creator yourself, and so it's kind of a little bit meta to interview somebody that does interviews himself all the time and uses this format to do interviews. So um, we're thrilled to have you here today, Dennis. The words prolific usually don't uh, uh, precede what I have to say, but I really appreciate you saying that. And yeah, absolutely. It's always an interesting dynamic when I hop onto the other side. You know, you do the interviewing and you insert and you you keep the conversation going, but you don't get to say much. So right. I'm on the other side of it. Hopefully I've got a few thoughts to share with you. Right. I mean, this and this is long overdue because I, you know, Dennis, I see you at baseball games and the late, just I see everywhere. Right. And so it's just one of those things that it, it's great to have you on the show and, and because you're a boomerang too. And so people need to know that what it takes these days to run a business, be an entrepreneur, all the hustle that you do. I mean, it's uh, it's just great to have you here on share your story on, on our side, your chance to share your story. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yes, we're on the circuit. I'll call it the circuit, yeah. uh, the summer circuit when it comes to youth athletics and uh, and then just seeing it to various you know business functions and whatnot. And, and likewise, been following the brain game for quite some time and can really appreciate what you guys are doing with um, this and, and the rest of the things that the Business Journal is doing and covering uh, not just business news in Youngstown, but a lot of things that are going on um, activity-wise, nightlife, those sorts of things that, that make our, our, our city go. Right, right. So give us the quick sketch before we jump in um, to the standard set of questions. Like, What's your focus these days? Tell us a little bit of, you know, do your lives been running a couple years and obviously the entire event industry has been up, you know, put upside down. So talk a little bit about uh, Duyo. You know, the, 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 my, my world about a decade ago was birthed out of creating a marketing agency and moving back to Youngstown, Ohio. And when we got back three years into it, I kind of realized, or actually I realized right away, there was, a, long, there was a, a number of longstanding marketing agencies in town. In order for me to be able to differentiate myself, I needed to figure something out very quickly. In addition to that, I thought, um, and I still think this, that Youngstown's in this revitalization mode. And, and what's my part? What's my cog in that wheel? And so I remember one time picking up trash on the south side of Youngstown on a Saturday. My nephews got me out and said, let's go clean up a neighborhood. And then I came home. My own yard was a mess. So I was like, well, I don't think that's my place. What do I really know how to do? And it's, it's marketing. It's business development. And so that's where I kind of came up with the idea of, of the conference. Um, Four years in, obviously, COVID hit. And so, you know, that obviously put a delay in, into the plans. But we've always had an online delivery of content. Um, but um, we did do you know, for those reasons. But I always held, I always kept clients and helped clients with marketing, marketing strategy, whether it's either I consult with them or manage the day to day. And the really nice thing for the past 18 months um, is that. All my focus has really primarily been upon, you know, those clients and not really worried too much about executing a marketing conference or a print publication that we had for two years as well. And, uh, you know, 
putting on a big marketing conference for 400 people attending had comes with a little bit of pressure. Right. And, and so it's actually been, been kind of nice just kind of kicking back, seeing how the, what happens in the world events and what unfolds. In the meanwhile, you know, making sure that my clients' businesses are thriving and growing through marketing efforts. So do you, do you, what's your outlook for the event sector? Because I think that's something everyone's curious to know. We have so many event venues around, new event venues around yeah. town. Um, uh, what do you see, you know, 2022 coming back? I, I, th- I, I think so. Yes. I'm obviously a, a, an internal optimistic, uh, the internal optimist. Um, it's very difficult for a small business like mine to be able to put the operational um, investment into an event that doesn't take place. So we kind of have to be sure as, as things kind of heat up and then slow down, heat up and slow down. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to find, figure that out. I think larger organizations are more poised, um, you know, between the, the regulations that are being put on to keep people safe, um, whether or not they're going to require vaccination cards, not for me to decide, but obviously that's coming into play with a lot of venues. You're seeing a lot of artists um, require that to attend their conferences and their contracts. Um, and I think that events are coming, you know, are back. Like I've been to a handful in Youngstown, uh, you know, at the Youngstown Amphitheater Foundation and, you know, been to some sporting events. And so I think that we're there. I think it's now just, there's these elements or layers that are coming into it as, you know, um, you know, we'll say it like as COVID kind of spikes and then kind of cools down and then it heats up back again. So I think it's just something that's the new world that we're, we're living in for the meanwhile. Right. I mean, we're, we're recording this at the end of August. More, well, it's August uh, 18th, to be precise. And what looked like back in July, you know, full speed ahead into the fall, Delta variant has popped up. And introduced a degree of uncertainty where I, f- it looks like we're you know there's underlying momentum, but there's just so many industries that are still dealing with disruption. Right, uh, car dealers have you know pretty empty lots, and restaurants can't staff appropriately. They have an open you know open space, but not able to really staff that well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, and it's interesting because as an entrepreneur, you you got to pivot and you got to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's the bottom line is I think anybody that gets too married into a business and too emotionally attached and doesn't evolve from the day that they started it to where they want to end up going ends up struggling. So with that said, I've had clients over the years that we've done online recruiting for because of the way that indeed job boards work and jazz HR and the entire internet, you know, and search is predicated upon keyword searches and populating things. You take lead gen and replace it with employee gen. Um, I've had clients that we've run job uh, recruitment for. I'm not mm-hmm. an HR company, but I can play that role with an Indeed. And so as, as the clients that I've had, legacy clients, we've done that. We just recently said, well, why, don't, why isn't this a service that we start offering out there let's promote it in email and social media and say like hey we can help you with your your online job recruitment um it's just the involvement of the the world that's key i mean i love that because that that's i think that's a great path to follow because every business we talk to they can't find workers right they can't find employees and so if you can apply your marketing skills and that's what it takes right you got to stand out you got to differentiate you can't just be another line item on a list you know on a job board right you got to really differentiate 
And, and, and I'll tell you, the other involvement behind that is that right now I'm getting work with clients that are saying to me, especially in the trades, like in the trades, it, it, it's really um, um, like the one individual says, you know, I don't need any more business, but I, my website and my brand is really bad right now. And hmm. for me to attract employees, I, I really feel like this is the route we need to go, you know, so can you clean up my website? Can you clean, you know, maybe figure out an Instagram strategy uh, and then the online job recruitment. And so people are, are looking at marketing and brand in terms of, I don't need the business growth. I need to clean up my image so I can attract employees and be the attractive place to work. Right. Right. Well, that's, you know, I know you can appreciate this, but your digital landscaping is just as important as your physical landscaping. Right. So while they, you know, a lot of businesses might have nice manicured mulch beds. Uh, if your website isn't, you know, top notch, you're going to have problems recruiting. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I may actually, if I end up using that in the next couple of weeks in the conversation, I will make sure I get more excited. Yeah, <laughs> just, just yeah, just give the attribution there. Um, well, that's good because the, you know, I guess to to dial back to the beginning, you know, here you are running a media, basically media is marketing, right? So an audience based strategy, right? Where you have an audience, they follow what you do, you offer strategy consulting advice. Uh, is this something that you know back Dennis on the basketball court in high school that you thought you would be doing? today <laughs> so, uh, modern day media company you know it's funny it's like i've been preaching it uh for a decade now and when i look around town it finally seems like you know people started to listen and validate and follow suit and the answer that it would be short would be no um i do think that there's an element though that uh playing athletics i figured that my life would revolve around being a coach um you know, I had a love of a love of basketball. Went on to play in college, coached in college uh, for three years, uh, school teacher, and then changed into sales and marketing as a career. But when you really look at the business I run, yes, it's media driven, and the second half is a lot of it's about professional development and educating professionals. Um, I tend to find myself hiring younger twenty somethings, and I'm getting farther away from the twenty something age, but like. Hiring 20-somethings because I like the idea of, of mentorship. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I'll go out and talk at a lot of high schools and, and even elementary schools about entrepreneurialism or marketing, whatever it is they want me to go have a conversation with. So, you know, I do think that, that back then there was a foundational thing that, that I wanted to coach. It's just it's a, a, a different type of coaching. And then I'll leave you with this. You know, obviously, I, I've got young kids, and um, I, I've got a work habit as well. And I never feel guilty pulling myself away from my work habit to go and coach youth sports. And I think that's my other give back I've figured out here over the past year or two is that I really enjoy coaching youth sports. Um, you know, being a mentor to to a group of kids, and you know, nine of them usually don't have my same last name. One of them does, and and. And, and just trying to uh, instill what I instill in my own kids into other kids. Uh, and uh, All right. So you opened up the, the can of worms here. Um, yeah. I literally, I give you so much credit for doing that because to be a coach, it's, it's more than a full-time job plus your job, right? And how do you deal with parents these days? We're, we're, 
because everyone wants Johnny, you know, in quotes to get more playing time and, you know, parents don't realize it's a team, right? And there's a balance to strike on the field and everyone has unique attributes and you're trying to fill the spaces. And so any, any leadership lessons you can share from how you've managed the parents, not even, not just the kids. <laughs> I, I try and I try to understand what the long-term play is. First of all is, you know, because like, even though I, I, I finished up a college basketball career as a role player um, on on a partial scholarship, captain of a basketball team. So, like, I feel like I don't never have to live vicariously through my kids and anything that they do. Um, and I don't know if that's the end game or not. But I, I have – I think communication is obviously a really key ingredient. Um, and what I do is not necessarily always followed, but I have a set of rules – Mm. Um, and, and whether it's baseball, basketball, or, or football, it's, you know, kids don't leave the dugout. Parents don't need to come in the dugout unless there's an eyeball hanging out. Mm-hmm. I won't discuss playing time. Um, I will not discuss playing time, uh, or positions with you as a parent. Um, and and there's a 24 to 48 hour rule. So if you do have a problem with anything that's going on, I highly suggest you wait a day or two. <laughs> and then send me that text message or phone call. But before you do that, read rule number three. <laughs> <laughs> do you publish those rules? Like they're the we'll on, call them guidelines, right? On, I mean, on GroupMe. Like yeah. so I utilize a I utilize an app that that allows you know the entire team to be on it. And then I I, I work towards the reinforcement with that. Um, you know, and and not everybody follows it. There's always one or two. And I try to use some levity. Mm-hmm. Uh, to alleviate the situation. Um, I try to communicate with the kids because I, I like the idea, you know, people think about coaching and they're thinking about jump shot, dribbling, hus- you know, hustling or um, fielding a ground ball. I look at coaching as well with kids and my own kids and say like, you want playing time? It's not me to go talk to the coach when I'm not coaching them. It's you to go ask the coach in the right way to saying things like, what do I need to do to get better what do I need right. to do in order to earn? And and I encourage the kids on my teams to talk to me like that. And it's not a perfect world. Um, parents, for whatever reason, whether it's accessibility, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, they, they can text you, they can call you. Um, I think you know this, like I'm, I'm a real like direct individual. So text messages, if you send me a text message, you get a call from me immediately to have a conversation about what's going on. And I right. find like it's not confrontational, but I think people tend to get scared of having the direct conversation. Um, I haven't had anything get too nuts. I mean, like I, I was an assistant coach a couple of years ago where something blew up on a baseball bench and the kid was yanked out in the middle of a game. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what? If you stick around long enough, that crazy situation will say, hold my beer because there's another one sometimes coming. But right. bottom line in a long-winded way is I, I really feel like it's communication, it's reinforcement and, and, and conditioning of living it, um, living that mantra of, of, of whatever that is. And that crosses over you know, between coaching youth sports or you know, in business in general. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, it's just consistent communication, reinforcement, 
setting the standard, holding the standard, reminding people that, you know, we all agreed upon these principles. Here's how we're going to operate. Uh, sure, you're going to have that random person kind of drop right. in on you. And you'll probably even deal with, you know, placate them a little bit or whatever. But but just say, hey, I'm going to talk to you. But remember, rule number three. Right? Remember that? <laughs> you know. The Brain Gain is a collaborative effort, and we'd like to thank our headlining sponsors, including Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. Also included are Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, the Mahoning County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of the Mahoning Valley. Talk about your leadership strategy. Do you do you have like a book or maybe a creator you follow? I know it's we can't use Gary V as the example because he curses too much. You can't apply that to skill to baseball because uh, you know. I, I feel like that's more inspiration and even maybe some tactical things. Yeah. Right. Right. So early on, um, I read a lot of books on 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 coaching. Um, Rick Pitino to Bobby Knight and John Wooden's book on the pyramid of success uh, really, really always kind of like stood out at me. I feel like it has like the Dale Carnegie principles and a lot of these things of like um, being a servant leader, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, being the first in the last out, um, you know, uh, some of it's from experience of like, you know, playing sports it was like i'm the captain of the team i have to set the example so i have to be first in in all the sprints and it sucks but like somebody's got to do it and somebody's got to push the other people to do it um um you know leaders eat last like forcing yourself to do those little things leading by example and um continually doing that um it it's funny you know and and then the other one uh so john wooden's pyramid of success um, great, great book, transitional across whatever you're doing, athletics or business. I like to find inspiration as well in, in, in leadership qualities, kind of like looking beyond like the traditional Jack Welch, here's, here's your business book. I feel like everybody's reading the same books at the same time. Right. If you're doing that, like everybody's scaling up where everybody's in 10,000 hours or, yeah. and so like, I don't like, I, I like to go against the grain in so many different ways. Um, 1776, uh, Dan McCullough is about basically a young George, uh, general George Washington being in charge to defeat, you know, the world's greatest army Navy, you know, in the revolutionary war, fantastic book about just, um, leading the troops, you know, into Boston and then back to New York. And, and, um, that's a, that's a great book on leadership. Um, the others are like Netflix documentaries have kind of replaced some of my book reading, um, habits. So, uh, recently I watched like Clive Davis, uh, and David Geffen documentaries, uh, amazing documentaries, by the way, if you want to kind of get inspired as an entrepreneur, um, understand some of the leadership qualities that they, that they, they had to, to drive their careers. 
Um, the Defiant Ones with Dr. Dre and Jimmy Levine as well. Yeah, so, I haven't seen that yet. Like, is that HBO only? HBO that, only. Okay. And, right. I, and I think that leadership is like – I think that some people think of leadership like presidential, like walk in and like, hey, I'm the leader. But the other thing about being a leader is like doing things that are really unpopular – when nobody else feels like that's the way to go, like Jimmy Levine, Dr. Dre, or, you know, I look at myself as a leader, like humbly, very humbly, like, you know, saying, Hey, I think we could do a marketing conference in Youngstown, Ohio. And the first email that I ever got was literally like, some guy was like, how much? And I responded with, here's the value. And it's going to be $200. And, right. and the email back was, Good luck with that. You'll never get that in Youngstown, Ohio, right? And 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 there's a lot of head scratching that was you know going on. Like, and and leadership is having the gut to say and 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 the intuition to say, I need to go. You know, I need to lead the way to go do this. Yeah, I, I want to tackle that. I want to dive into that for a sec. I hear that all the time, everywhere. Oh, everyone's cheap in this town. You're never going to get it done here. I mean, oh, it's Youngstown. There's no money. I'm sorry. And and I chalk it up to um, we're very pragmatic. We're very practical, right? We're this, this whole community is bootstrapped, right? But I'd have to imagine and I hope that with the amount of business flowing in and the amount of economic development happening, that that's something that we don't hold on to as a, maybe it's a convenient excuse. You know, I'm asking people for money every day too. Oh, it's, you're not going to get that in Youngstown. It's like, Oh God, you know, I want to challenge everyone out there to, to change that mindset, you know, stop using that excuse. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head, the value, right? What value can you create that? I challenge that <laughs> status quo and I've challenged it for five years now. And I think that there was a point in time in Youngstown when, when obviously our legacy with the steel industry collapsed. And if you were a have, you didn't want to let the have nots know that. Right. And there's some right. West sense sensibilities that come along with it. Um, but then again, I follow people on Instagram and they go to Pittsburgh and Cleveland or having, you know, $200 steak dinners, you know, with a bottle of wine. I'm like, if, why does that, why does that steak dinner in Youngstown, Ohio, you know, like costs so much less. And so, or, or why can't, why, if you could do that in Pittsburgh or Cleveland, why wouldn't you do that in your own hometown? Like mm -hmm. I, I don't get it. And so when I launched um, our print publication, which was really a, a high end brand um, native advertising play for the year, I feel it was a ton of value. You know, you got to keep your photos. There was networking events through the year. There was a digital component, um, but it was a kind of a luxe brand and people, you know, were, well, you know, you're not going to get that in Youngstown, Ohio. But what inspired me to do that is is going out to the Lake Club, and I, I know that you've had Ed on, Ed Moransky on, and just a wonderful business leader in in the community. And you look at what he's built out there and the size of the membership, and you say, "Wow, you know what? Guess what? Youngstown likes nice things. We mm -hmm. may not brag about it. We may not, but like they like they like the pool, and they like the environment, and they like dining by the lake. So if they if there's that many people here." that like that, then there's got to be a subset of that, those people that are going to like my brand and, or if it, it, it reflects some of those things. And so I think that, that move helped me to realize 
you know, don't lessen it because we're in Youngstown. People actually really do want nice things here and they want good value, but are willing to pay for it. Um, but I do hear that. I hear that all the time and I, and I, I uh, get squeamish. Yeah. You know, yeah. the other thing I hear about a lot too that I, I'm really uncomfortable with is the pay rate and the salary rate. So, you know, the big myth I think is how much cheaper it is to live in Youngstown than it is to live elsewhere. And I think that the only place that you save on the dollar in Youngstown is the home that you purchase. Um, uh, you know, moving back from Cleveland, New York City, Columbus, you know, a, a cup of coffee costs what a cup of coffee costs. Right. Um, our right. food costs here aren't significantly, I think, I, I think they're actually on par with any place else in the country. Oh, yeah. Re recently too <laughs> so your car's not cheaper your car right. insurance isn't cheaper your gas isn't cheaper actually your gas might be a little bit less so then we we convince people to say well if you lived in new york your salary would be a hundred thousand dollars a year but you come to youngstown you could live like a king on sixty five thousand dollars a year and why would i cheapen my worth like i don't buy into that i don't i don't buy into that at all like yeah there's an economy of of where you live and cost of living might be more. And so you have to adjust the gross of the salary. But if my talent, I should be maximizing my talent for what the pay scale can, can get. And I, I don't really like the idea of recruiting people to pay them less because they, there's a perceived notion of a cost of living is less. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you think about it, you know, that way, I mean, you're right. Other than, you know, housing, right. Cost per square foot, which is, quantifiable you you know yeah there are people moving in from california i've i've heard anecdotally a lot of people moving in um buying you know big houses because they can right um right. but then you're right everything and that's a major expense right so your mortgage is a major one of the major expense drivers but otherwise everything else there's really no price bake around here right, right. So, yeah hmm it's interesting i'm tying a few things together. So I like that whole, the concept you're going down. So Icons of Youngstown was a, it's a premium brand, right? I mean, that's a, that's a premium brand that you established and you found that people are willing to pay for those, for those premium brand sets, right? If they see the value and, and there's, and it's got depth and substance, then they'll, then they'll pay for it. Yeah. And, and con conceptually what we did is that we, we gave, we, actually they, they appear in the business journal a lot of times unknowing by the way we don't we don't copyright the images but um so you know it, it was placement and, and that's another one that by the way relied on distribution in a lot of places that are closed so we're not completely done with that that concept it's just on hold for right now because of where the distribution was but um you know, a lot of those images show up on billboards, they show up in ads, they show up in advertisements in the business journal. And like people got those pictures from the photo shoots as ah. a part of the value, right? So I've seen them. I've seen, I'm thinking yeah. of one group, one great group of people in particular that they've run several placements and yes. and that's the same photo in, you know, they, they do their own artwork a lot of times, right? They send us the stuff. Right. So when you I know you're... When you as a business go to get yourself professionally photographed, you know that session is going to cost you and there's no marketing that comes along with it. Right. You're getting that. Now you got to go activate it. So 
a third of that cost was probably wrapped up in, in the photo side of things. And then you package like an Instagram style lookbook on high quality paper. And then you include the digital. Um, it was a strong play. And then the other thing that we did to bring, you know, just in the, I, I think an extraordinary amount of value was activate it. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, this is like, you know, you guys are obviously, you know, working with a, a, a great deal of clientele from a marketing perspective. And, you know, so are the other media companies in town. One of the things that, that I think that we, we took the next step on, and anybody can replicate this, is that we, we really were focused on activating the network. So, like, what can we do to put these people together and be the connector to so this person is doing business with this one and this one's doing this one. Now, if you yeah. pick up, you pick up additional clients because somebody saw your picture, your advertisement, that's great. But now I'm giving you that direct introduction. Um, that was that's, a powerful tool. That's huge. No, you're right. And that's, and I'll, and I'll admit the business journal for years has been a one way organization content out. Like here, you know, we publish, Lots of contents flowing, but what matters is community, right? And, and, you know, the brain gain has gone a long way towards building the community, focus on entrepreneurship, workforce development. There's so much more to be done. And I think you're right. The activation game of sure you can produce great content, but it's so competitive to get, to get those elements seen that you have to work just as hard on the production or the creation as you do on the activation. And I think that's a key differentiator you have there is the activation, you know, work in the community, work in the network, work in the making sure that literally you're connecting the dots versus just like yeah. dropping it off at the loading dock. Yeah. I mean, I think at one, at one point we were going to start doing lunches, like once a month, we we're going to invite five people to lunch and we wanted to video it. And like kind of that was going to be the idea behind the content or the, you know, lunch with icons and just do like this. Because there's so many entrepreneurs that were, you know, in, in of various levels, the Maidits to the, you know, the Kafaro Corporation and, you know, Ron Klingle at Avalon to the Branch Streets, um, you know, with Matt Campbell or Amy Abruzzari at uh, Grade Boutique. Like we had, you know, everyone in between and, and starting out and, you know, really driving it. And, and you know, the big, the big thing that I missed on Duyo was – that I'm so nerdy into the content that I want to, I want to hear a, a speaker. I want to get some nuts and bolts. I want to come out of there with a concept that I can execute on, and the connecting factor of the networking of yeah. putting people together was one thing that I never really sold or even. It, it just like people would tell me like, "Hey, this is where we met." Hey, this, this, we started doing business. We, you know, we connected it and, and those stories were so inspiring that on those like toughest days, what keeps you going the most of like, you know, why, you know, eventually we'll be back with it because the amount of people that connect. Yeah, no, I think you're right because the, you know, there's lots of content. People can hit YouTube and learn something and, and it's out of context. And, and I can see, you know, I, I would think the same way as trying to teach everyone stuff, but Honestly, they're there for the networking and the connections and, and a, sh a, sh a shared experience. That's at the end of the day, it's, it's right. creating a shared experience, you know, obviously putting, I loved Alan Gannett to this day. Um, he's still one of my favorite talks I've ever seen anywhere was at Duyo and he was your keynote. Yeah. And uh, 
He's I, I have his book right here, in fact. Yeah, yeah right it's there. it's it sits right on my it sits right on my uh my desk as well. Yeah. So but but so I encourage you to to you know from that standpoint of built bringing the marketing community together because honestly it's 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 harder and harder to to really do sales and marketing right with the noise out there the number of platforms to master um just you can't you can't leverage and and, and look the uncertainty around getting together face to face there it's still tricky it's going to be tricky for the foreseeable future so what what platform if you're you know if someone's listening and they're still kind of like hesitant on leveraging a digital platform what do you have a social platform you'd recommend? Is it Insta? Is it LinkedIn? Like which one would you say you'd 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 want to you know no. have them focus first? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> so here here's here's what I'm doing. I, I mean I just like and and this is this is it right here is I'm less concerned now about you know what social media platform I'm on as opposed to uh, creating a pillar piece of content. So let's go and record a 45 minute brain gain session. And then let me figure out how many different ways that I can repurpose that per the platform. I think there's people that disagree with it. And you, Jeff, you might even be one of them. I think people are trying to create content, you know, for, you know, is the Facebook, Facebook group, Facebook live, is it Insta? Is it Twitter? You know, where, where, whatever that is for you, or at least for me, this is this is and in and and the clients that I work with as well. Like, I want to create this really good piece of pillar content, and then I'll cut this up into one minute sound bites, fifteen second sound bites. I'll repurpose it and play around with it on TikTok. I'll insert, you know, obviously I'm still going to take to social media platforms and kind of show my day-to-day, -day, my behind the scenes. It's just, it's a part of life now at this point, right? I don't even think about, you know, you know, doing some stories, but the content creation and then disseminating it through the platform, um, whatever that platform is, you know, is, is the way that I, I go about it. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree that one premium asset, you know, one webinar, one long conversation. Uh, I use the term atomization, right? That that long form thing can be atomized or kind of drilled down into vignettes. And so one webinar, something, you know, do all the time, right? One webinar can yield three months of activations, right? These little vignettes, these little carve outs. And if that's an area that, because I know you've got a you know a long history in webinars as well, yeah, um, that's an area where I would recommend any business out there that struggles with cr content creation, hey, just do a webinar, get your expert to talk for forty five minutes, say thank you to that person, they go away, and then the marketing person can then just go back and carve up everything that they've heard, and just use that you know as all these supporting elements, which then keep your you know flow going for some time to come it is it, it, like i mean obviously i'm very bullish on the webinar game been, and been at it for a decade but like a webinar a quarter is probably what most businesses need or can get by on right and it's because it's content with a purpose so you've got the pre-marketing that goes into it right you're getting emails and social media and you're creating awareness and People are signing up, so hopefully you're getting some leads. And then you record that, 
and you've got, like you said, the uh, a great piece of content in in then in the third month of the quarter, like you're repurposing that content as many ways as you can and then kind of rinse and repeat. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, where, where do you want to use it? There's your content play right there. there right. Done. No, yeah, no, you're right. And it's funny, the webinars we've run, I try to discourage the key metric as live attendance. It doesn't matter. I mean, honestly, Live attendance isn't as isn't the big outcome, right? It's it's how much promotion did you get running up to it? Then you have the live event, which that's your capturing event, right? So that's the event where you're sharing, you're intentionally sharing your knowledge and expertise. But then there's all the key takeaways. And so that one webinar can yield months and months and months of of um benefit and months and months of value. And and you're right, it's it's definitely the body of the experience not just the day of you know that that live live day of i mean we we saw it you know things ping pong around or resonate for months to come where you know we had a cyber webinar a couple months ago that thing is still generating you know small activations and we're still getting you know people revisiting that and that was you know back in early july yeah lifetime value that content the other thing i think is that we tend to minimize the awareness game and and from from our own fault in the digital landscape, we said, well, we know where the, we, we can measure the clicks. We know where the clicks are coming from. You know, we, we could do all this stuff metrically and advertising was, was, you know, steeped up until the digital game based upon the amount of impressions that you can deliver. And then, you know, anecdotally trying to tie it back to, well, we had this advertising campaign and we delivered, you know, 10,000 impressions. And we also, you know, we, our revenue revenue went up three percent this quarter, so it obviously must have worked. And right. we started to minimize the awareness game, which has a huge impact on um, you know people knowing that you exist. Um, right. So uh, I, I don't know how much time that we got, but there is one item that I've been following along on the brain game, and it has to deal around your talent and talent acquisition and keeping talent here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's where, um, that, yeah. I, and we probably should, we're, we've exceeded the average length of the commute. So, so we should, we should wrap it up, but no, that's a key. That's one of the key things we're focusing on is talent retention. Um, but then also, you know, that whole notion of, of helping companies put butts in seats, right. So fill those job roles. So what, what advice would you recommend from, you know, the audience to the audience around talent retention? So, so real quick, you and I are both boomerangers. That was a weird term when I hear, heard it first. Yeah. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and get out of this one as is as quick as I can. I, I struggle with the talent retention staying in this area, but also struggle at the same time of people leaving in mass shows because other places are better. And the reason I do see both sides is because I've lived elsewhere. The best way that I can put this is Jim Costner at the YBI, Young Southern Incubator, said to me when I was living away, first person ever said it to me like this, we want you to take what you've learned elsewhere and done business in all these different places and bring it back to help educate us and lead our community. And so I don't necessarily know that that when I say retention as much as I say how do we 
how do we get those kids that have moved away that live in the Columbuses and the Clevelands and the New Yorks to eventually come back like we did to give obviously to the community. And I don't think that they understand all the opportunities that are presented to them that i never would have had, had I stayed in New York or Columbus, I would have had right. great jobs. I'd have, I'd have had amazing jobs, probably make, you know, five times more money than I make right now. But, and, but we, it wouldn't have been as rewarding. Like I wouldn't have been a college professor at Youngstown state part-time. I, you know, marketing agency, possibly conference, you know, print publication, like all these things that I wanted to pursue, you know, I, I was able to go in and do that. So I don't know if that answers that question or not, but that's just kind of my, my, my area. Cause I've heard you guys talk about it so much, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it's, it's, um, the trend we're seeing, and I think it's a good trend is living here. And even if you live here, cause Columbus had this stat, my buddy, Chris at Ohio X promotes the fact that Columbus is the most friendly remote working city, meaning a lot of Columbus residents have jobs that, you know, they were, they're effectively remote for say a California based organization. Yep. That's still good because as long as you, you know, are in that community, send your kids to school in that community, spend your money locally and support local businesses and, and say you can even do it at a higher rate. Um, that's still, I still think that's a strong, you know, strong showing for the community, right. Is, is to, if to pick up and move completely. Yeah. That's kind of the, that's counter to what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. But, uh, but to support, you know, to support people that want to work remote, you know, and I, I've seen several people move into my neighborhood that um, they, they move back because they could, you know, Hey, I'm remote now. So I might as well just uh, move back here. So that's a, uh, that's a good trend we want to see because they're still spending their money locally here, right? Still supporting local business, re- restaurants, schools, you know, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Well, Dennis, I know. Is there anything else you wanted? Because we are going a little long here. Normally, we. Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to come on. And, and, and uh, you know, this was great to sit down and chat. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be on the brain game. Uh, keep doing what you guys are doing. Um, I think that it's making a difference in the business community. People are talking about it. And uh, yeah. Just, do you have a challenge or an ask? I know. I know um, you know, to get people, I know you're doing a lot of, you know, you still have a lot of media sh- content production, you know, some shows flowing. So what, you know, promote your, uh, promote what you're focused on right now. <laughs> Just, you know, why not? Right. That's always, you know, my wife's like, you're horrible at self-promotion. I was like, I know I'm in marketing and I don't know, you go to our website, doyolive.com. We just re- recently launched, um, the dirt. It's a podcast, uh, that is featured that, that basically features people getting it done in business, in life, and in the community. And um, you want to be on it? Sign up, grab, uh, fill out the form, be on the dirt. Uh, we'd love to get you on. That's awesome. And, and, and is that an example of, of come on, have a longer form conversation, and then, and then they'll see lots of benefits down the road from that? I live it. Love it. I, I right. live and breathe the advice, man. Fantastic. That's great. Well, Dennis, appreciate you joining us today. You're a longtime friend of the Business Journal and and you definitely appreciate what you do and hope to see Duyo coming back strong, right? So I know that, like you said, it's pulling that community together and and connecting those dots like that last mile of, hey, I saw you and let's do something together. I think that's really important. Sounds good, brother. Thank cool. you. All right, Dennis. See you, man. 
Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, because together we're building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development. So if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast player. Your feedback is very important to us. We want to make the show better all the time. And if you would like to give me direct feedback, email me, please. My email is j-h-e-r-r-m-a-n-n at business-journal.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. And lastly, would love to thank the members of the Brain Gain Coalition. Those headline collaborators include... Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoney Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. And joining them are members of the coalition, including Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, MCCTC, the Mahoney County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of Mahoning Valley. Without them, none of this would be possible. So thanks again for joining us today. And remember, together we are building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development.